Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome back to the Anime Trending Podcast. It's been a little bit.、Uh, I believe the most recent episode was us talking about updates with Twitter Space. But without further ado, we're going to get a head start with this podcast jumping into the next season, the summer 2021 anime season. But before we get into that,、uh, I am your host, Quok, alongside with. Hi, everyone. This is Gracie,、uh, hopping back and forth between the Girl Taku and this podcast. And I'm Nico, and it's a great time for me because it's the end of the season, which means it's another、uh, two week binge of everything that's come out <laughs> in the season. And I get to yeah, I yell、right. at my coworkers about all of the things that they had been previously talking about because I just discover it in the. Yeah, in it's a, I, I feel like it's, a, it's going to be a consistent thing now across seasons where I'll, I'll be freaking out about, out about anime and. Nico will be like, oh, like I have it in my mind. And then, like, near the end of the season, be like, okay, I've caught up now. <laughs> you know, so. It's funny because you, you caught up with Odd Taxi, too. I, 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 did we talk about Odd Taxi in a previous podcast episode? We haven't, we and it honestly is a crime、right. that we haven't. <laughs> don't worry. You know, that might be our next podcast episode. We'll see. Don't hold my word to that,、um, listeners. But you can, again, submit your complaints to at Konochiyoda, who is currently. Out here. In the woods. I know he's, he's not even. I'm so sorry. He's missing. He's actually MIA right now. Maybe he took an odd taxi. Um, that was a terrible、uh, pun. But dunce. I know, right? But at the time of recording,、uh, it is the middle of June. So most of the summer 2021 animes are more or less、uh, confirmed, which is fantastic. I don't expect any more delays. At least we don't in the anime trending、uh, team because we do prepare for the next season pretty soon because the charts,、uh, that's where a lot of the fun stuff begins. But so far, it seems like a lot of anime that have been rescheduled to 2021, like、uh, Slime Season 2 Part 2, due to unfortunately the current pandemic. So production is definitely a little bit rough.、Um, but a lot of animes looks like they're set to come out、uh, July appropriately. So. But before we get into that,、um, the current charts, if you have not voted already, depending on when you get this podcast out, our last week advantage might be ongoing, which is our final anime of the week chart. So currently, this week, which just came out for week nine on June 13th, 8686 was number one, jumping four positions, which is actually incredible. So it made a huge jump, knocking out Fruits Basket. Actually, Fruits Basket was number one two weeks ago. Vivi was number one at the previous week, which now fell into third place. Uh, Tokyo Revengers coming in second place, which is his highest so far this season after being placed in third.、Um, third, obviously, as mentioned, is Vivi Florite Eye Song, which had an incredible episode last week. Absolutely beautiful. Please check it out. I mean, check out all the shows that we have on the charts.、Um, Hikihiro, honestly, is such a unique position because it's been number four. For the last five weeks, right now? My opinion on Higehiro literally hinges on how they end the series because I, I'm,、mm-hmm. I'm either going to be, I'm either going to sigh a breath of relief and, you know, be complimentary about its storyline or I'm going to be angry. <laughs> so it's one or the <laughs> other. <laughs> We will see. I know, I think the light novel was, was about to conclude,、um, if not has already. And I know some fans had some mixed feelings about it, or it was open to interpretation how things concluded, but we'll leave it at that. I have not read it, so who knows.、Uh, but Fruits Basket, unfortunately, dropping to fifth place. That had well, a fantastic episode two weeks ago, placing number one.、Uh, Koikimo taking sixth place,、uh, going up one position. Zomulan Saga Revenge hanging out there in the bottom, ten,、uh, bottom top ten, unfortunately, but it has been out of, in and out of the top ten, so glad to see it in the top ten right now in seventh. Tio Turning, unfortunately, dropping two points to eighth. 
Uh, Shadow's House, which has uh, been in the top 10 for a couple weeks already now, is holding firm at 9th while the Saints' magic power is omnipotent, taking 10th position, knocking out, I believe, Myrcademia Season 5, which was in our top 10 last week. If you'd like to see the full uh, Anime of the Week rankings, they're available on our website. Do check out where your animes are positioned. And of course, continue voting because your votes do matter whether or not your anime places in the top 10. And we had a very strong season. And next season, looking kind of strong. I know internally within anime training, it's it's like this season, this, this upcoming season seems a little bit weaker but compared to previous season. But then again, winter and spring have been just absolutely crazy. This year already has been wild. So the bar has already been set really high from those past seasons. That summer, even though it has a lot of action-packed shows and a lot of highly anticipated sequels as well too, it doesn't seem as powerful. But then again, that's what we're diving into tonight. And speaking of sequels, I know Nick is very excited about Higurashi Go. And I, and I know you've talked about this show before. And it's Higurashi When They Cry Sotsu is the sequel, I believe. Yeah, that that's correct. So at the beginning of when Go came out... The fan base had a question. Is this a reboot? Is it a sequel? I have no idea. And so as the show went on, we kind of realized, like, oh, it actually, it's a sequel. <laughs> so at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season, I was like, yeah, you could totally watch this without any actual context until a bunch <laughs> of things have happened from, like, I think, honestly, like, episode 12 or 13, it, like, just hit maximum thrusters and just has been nonstop hype for like the full 26 episodes first season and i have no idea where it's gonna go i am like i i'm consistently was shook um at go (laughs) and my my notes i i wrote here it says higurashi go more like higurashi let's go let's go it's not gonna be higurashi sotsu i i don't want to go into too much of the spoilers but like i've been a huge fan of higurashi as well as the vn but I think the adaptation, it goes above and beyond uh, being both oh, wow, like, really? a reboot sequel and also like getting to new highs and lows. Like I, I was shook watching the show. The gore is extremely gory and dark. And like there's some moments I think that are just peak Higurashi that are both like hilarious and horrifying that I think you're not going to find in like any other series. That's really funny because the studio is working on is called Passion and they're working on the comedy horror or not comedy horror but like comedy show Miru Kochan which is coming out supposedly later this year and it's been praised for uh, as being horror but definitely more on the heavier comedy side so it's really funny to see the contrast now that they're working on Higurashi Go which is pretty dark and quite a thriller if I recall. Yeah and like you, you can see some like we can go into like the link between horror and comedy because like they're they're right. like way closer link than you actually expect because of how much of it yeah. is like rising tension and build up and punchline and like the the gory punchlines and the darkness that Higurashi ends up going to is like is kind of insane. Um, that like I'm watching this like oh god, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like I usually I, I do really watch funny. my fair share of dark shows and like I think this one made me kind of like physically gag at some parts and then also like laugh at, like Ooh. almost the same scene because I can't believe like that they're doing like going where it's going. That's awesome. I will get to it soon. I know I need to watch the prequel first, but who else haven't? Now is your chance since you got a couple of days before the sequel comes out. <laughs> Yeah, you could theoretically do, like, essentially, like, the first season story bits, because I think what Higurashi Go did was, like, a lot of its early arcs were mirrored with the first original season that Studio Dean um, adapted. 
But mm-hmm. there were so many small little hints and things that were like different that if you had just watched it, your brain is kind of thinking, okay, something is kind of wrong here, but I don't know why until like essentially this this the curtain gets pulled um, during the mid season, and then at that point it just goes nuts, and you don't know where it's gonna go. I must have missed you to beginning, but you said did you say to Google the the sequel? I'm sorry, the prequel. You could you could just watch like the first the first season like the first 26 episodes like i don't even know if you actually if it's even necessary to like actually resolve like the whole mystery because as long as you had like kind of an idea of what was going on so like if you're looking out for some of the things they they pull a lot of tricks that if you already know the arcs um there's small changes that kind of are, are not as apparent to like first watchers and even like the second watchers are like something is wrong here but you can't really figure it out why i think there's a certain point where like I said, once it once it gets to the mid season, it's, it's gonna go peak. Awesome, looking forward to that. We'll see how well that performs because I know Higurashi Go when it came out did okay in terms of the rankings. But I have to double check. Didn't make the top five ever. Call actually might have, but did it even check. make top ten? Because like I felt like it really it flew under the radar completely. Like I don't think it did. Didn't I? Did not. I don't remember. I, it's funny because I helped. Well, I'm one of the key people behind making the chart. So oops, I hope we will check next time. Uh, we'll probably put a note somewhere, but yeah, the one show I do know that made it to the top ten uh, is the other sequel that I'm personally excited for, which is that time I got reincarnated as a slime season two, part two. Uh, this is kind of an unfortunate split because I believe due to COVID nineteen, the anime had to be split two core. I think it was originally planned to be a complete season with twenty four episodes, like they did with season one. So it's unfortunate as part two, but then again, it left out on a pretty big. Not cliffhanger, but definitely at a major plot point where Rimuru Tempest had to kind of save his village that was under attack. And I'll leave it at that because I think it's a little bit spoilery to kind of go into what happens afterwards and how serious things got. But it definitely took a darker turn. And I know some fans weren't as happy with that because the first season was definitely very fluff fluff and literally civilization building, like civilization, the game, if you ever played Sid Meier's, like that's that's pretty much Rimuru Tempest was doing in season one of Slime. And then he became a teacher for the second core. Versus season two, it's like, well, the barbarians are here. It's time to go to war and it gets crazy. So a lot of major plot points are coming up. I know a lot of the manga readers are really excited because some new major characters are coming up and we get to see this new upcoming development that's going to happen to Rimuru Tempest. So we're excited for this anime. And for those who do not know yet, uh, The Slime Diaries is currently airing right now, which is a cute little slice of life spinoff-ish. I know it kind of dives into some of the stories that happened in season one and in the main canon shows, but it's a really nice comfy show just to see your favorite characters doing very comfy things. Kind of like Emiya Gohan or Emiya Today's Menu for Emiya Family if you're a Fate Stay Night fan. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for that so, show. So it's going to be kind of like a calm before the storm <laughs> yeah, it, it really is a calm before so which is really funny that they gave us Slime Diaries, which is like, oh, here's a little comfiness. Are you ready for action? I'm sorry, I slapped my hands. Are you ready for action <laughs> in July? And it, from what I've been told, it's going to be nonstop. So I'm very excited to see how that goes. I um, I know several people who are actually quite excited for it. So I'm surprised uh, for you to uh, for you to mention that some people weren't happy because the at least the people that I talk with. Um, they actually got more on board once it got more serious mm. and the stakes got higher. So yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that makes sense too. It, it definitely wasn't like a lot of people that were uh, upset, but I know there were. we had some comments of people being like, oh, I was hoping for a, a comfy show, like something mm. 
nice and enjoyable. Uh, the most I'm I'm gonna use the word comfy a lot because I think it, it's such an encapsulating word to kind of encompass what certain animes are. I think people are like spending like laid back camp or um oh uh, uh, by the grace of gods. Remember that anime um, where it's just it's just straight normal kind of ordinary engagements if, if we think about it nothing too dramatic happens i think some fans were expecting that i think body race goes a little too on the nose on that but i digress um but yeah i'm i think a lot of people will be excited for part two of this second season but on to the next anime uh, we're piling through this by the way for those who are listening we have a lot of anime that we want to cover um but those two shows we just had nick was excited for higurashi i'm excited for slime but the next show all three of us are really excited for is Aquatope of White Sand. It is an original anime by the lovely folks at PA Works or Progressive Arts, one of my personal favorite studios. And it's the same director behind A Lull by the Sea, which is also known as Nagi no Asukara. And this one's more of a sci-fi drama show from what we've been informed. And it's centered around apparently 36 boys and girls based on a synopsis. Um, a recent PV just dropped to where they took more uh, or more of a dive into this aquarium that they're um, watching. So we'll see how this one goes. Um, have you guys watched Nagi no Sukara? I, I think. Um, I think you mixed up the names because the at least the oh synopsis I I'm watching the wrong is... I copied the wrong synopsis. Oops, <laughs> I was like this, this. I thought this was the Shirobako meets Aquarium one. I don't yeah. remember thirty six teenagers <laughs> fighting for their lives. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's Sunny Boy. Oh, hello. Welcome to the blooper sessions of the Anime Training Podcast. Oopsie. Uh, I <laughs> so we have a list of all the different animes here. And I guess I copied the wrong synopsis like I thought. Here we go. Here it is. Um, that's so funny. Yeah. It's an 18-year-old that works in an aquarium. Ta-da, I found it. Wow. So, spoiler alert, we're talking about Sunny Boy, which we're also all excited for. Yeah. <laughs> which is an original, which we'll get to that after a couple of anime. But yes, Aquatope. Sorry, not 36 boys. I read this incorrectly. But yeah, this one deals with a, a slice-of-life aquarium show. Um... We follow a girl named Misakino, who is a high schooler that works at the aquarium. And then there's other um, characters to get introduced. So we kind of follow this. Uh, I guess the aquarium is apparently they're closing down or something. So they're trying to make memories and whatnot. So we'll see how this goes. But yeah, back to that question. Have you guys watched Nagi no Sukara? Or am I the only one? I think you're the only one. I've <sighs> seen it floating around on Netflix where I was kind of curious but never got around to watching that one. Is Does it also deal with the ocean? Yes. Because I guess the name is... Yes, it does. Is this the same staff or is this different? Or is that Almost the same staff. The... the director's the okay, same. Okay, I see. But Nagi no Sukara or A Lull in the Sea. That one was written by Mario Kata, so leave it at that <laughs> if you want to watch it. Oh, got oh. it. Mm-hmm. Okay, say no more. I, that's actually like a really good selling point. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, that's what I'm I mean, saying. I loved, I loved watching Makia. That was a really good show. Um, but with this show, it wasn't... Oh, I remember the poster now. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I um, I didn't watch it because this is when I was getting out of anime hiatus. Ah. And so, um, yeah. So, because what happened was I, um, I talked about this in Girl Taku, but I have a period of time where I basically did not watch anime, and that was high school because I just, I was too obsessed or i was too invested in grades and like <laughs> sats and stuff like ah, that yes. so i and i was part of the ib program so i just did not have time to watch any sort of airing anime and so 
I only started getting back into anime around like my sophomore year of college. Mm. So that would be more like 2014 and 15. Oh, just so missed. This came out 2013. Yep. Yeah. So I have a gap in my memories where I've seen these anime posters, but I genuinely just haven't touched anime then and so this is one of them <laughs> fair enough it, it's a really good show in my opinion i really liked it um because it because i know if you watch makia you know how marikata really gets you in the ooh uh, in the feels a bit but i kind of attribute now you know Suka, i kind of like similar to uh i don't know if it's a good way to equate it to to iron blood orphan mobile suit gundam because that one did have some sad moments due to well the sheer sheer history of gundam but it had a lot of really interesting characters and i think with nagi no sukara su, uh, a lull in the sea i knew it as nagi no sukara which i don't think was the full translation name and i think that was a time when certain anime names were still being localized and then eventually the localized name mm-hmm. became a lull in the sea so you're gonna hear me interchange between the two names um but yeah it's the same director, but a different series composer, um, writer. So I'm really curious to see how they do Aquatope. Um, but otherwise, PB, we've I I believe all of us have seen it, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, I I'm very excited mm-hmm. for that. Yes, it is PA Works who yeah. is known mm-hmm. for putting out gorgeous anime. So and all we know uh, is it's so nice I'm not life. exactly surprised. Yes. I'm I'm pretty excited for this. I think I know Jack is excited, our editor, because he wants to see some girl and girl action. <laughs> but um, and a little bit of that. But I think uh, I I I always find any sort of stories with like girls and friendships to be a kindred spirit because I am personally extraordinarily close and emotionally attached to a lot of my girlfriends, and so not the dating girlfriends, my like platonic girlfriends. And so, um, and so any of those stories that sort of just surrounds around girls forming friendships and doing stuff that they love and sort of exploring life um, are always stuff that I connect to easily. So I have no doubt that unless the story just somehow royally, royally screws up, um, I will probably enjoy this anime. Yeah, I feel like the bar is pretty low to clear in terms of making it pretty successful. But then again, PA Works has blessed us with a lot of really awesome shows like shirobako which is getting a movie and other shows like the eccentric family which is another good one as well too and like i said uh a lull in the sea so i'm very excited to see how they approach that but next on the list we have kageki shoujo which i was not familiar with but i know nick and gracie you two have been interested in this show that's coming out so entertain me not entertain me but educate me <laughs> okay uh how far back do we want to go because oh it all starts <laughs> In the uh, year... Nick is standing in for someone right now who would have already been oh, talking gosh. about another show. So. It's time for me to not talk about Kageki Shoujo, but actually it's time to talk about The Rose of Versailles, which is still related to this show. Oh, it's related? It takes us back to 1979. Yeah, so if you go back, uh, Rose of Versailles, I don't know where you can watch it. It's probably still on Crunchyroll. If not, I have no idea. Um, it might be on like, Retro Crush. Was a good show. <laughs> it is like the pinnacle of shoujo uh, that basically influences pretty much everything. Where Rosa Versailles is about a woman who's raised to be a man that's going to be the captain of the guard in Rosa in Versailles for um, Marie Antoinette, like right before the French Revolution. So, a lot of drama. Amazing show. Basically inspired the entire genre that comes after it. So, like, if you if you actually go down the line, like shows like Revy Starlight are kind of indirectly related to this because of the um, stage yeah. stage play. And if you want to watch like just 
powerful women acting like this this is like peak peak um peak female protagonist one it's definitely one of the classics of anime that it's it's like one of those where it just cannot go wrong like those sort of things yeah <laughs> yeah so in kakeki shoujo uh, one of the characters is canonically in the show inspired by the rose of versailles to be the main character oscar and so that's actually like kind of where that development happens in part of the, I guess, the Red Flower Opera Company. And it's, it's part of the stage play acting that is famous in Japan. It looks like Crunchyroll used to have it, but because they went to beta, I can't see it. However, Discotech, it's called Lady Oscar, The Rose of Versailles, which I assume is the same show, but not a prequel sequel. Yeah, it's, it's probably okay. the same thing. They might have be localized the name, but yeah, the right, really right. critical thing is Rose of Versailles. Yeah, it is available through Discotech in terms of Blu-ray, so you can watch it. That's exciting. Wow, I did not realize they're related. So I yeah. so we go through the list of the animes beforehand. I'm like, Kageki Shoujo, what's that? And I was like, all right, let's see what it is during the podcast. And lo and behold, I did not expect it to be related to the Rose of Versailles. Yeah, no, but also Nick is right in the fact that Rose of Versailles has so many influences mm-hmm. that like it's like tendrils of like of roots from a tree. Oh. Like that's how big of an influence that anime has. My personal, I'm really excited for it, but my personal reason for it is I'm a glutton for anything that's like cultural based. And Kageki shows are very, very culturally based in Japan. My roommate, who I've said a million times by now in the Girl Talk podcast, but if people who don't know, my roommate is a Japanese American. So she actually told me some really interesting things about like the culture behind uh, behind this particular show. For example, there's actually a pretty stiff hierarchy where um, the women who get to play the male parts have a lot more power within the acting company and basically have a much, much, much better chance of making it far in the acting world than the women who play the girl roles. Hmm. And so it's, it's just these little tidbits, things that I just really find fascinating. And I think any sort of exploration of that is just something that I just dig into completely. So that's why I'm really excited for it. Basically, I'm a nurse. So. <laughs> I, I mean, we're all nerds in our own way for these animes that's fascinating huh that's gonna be really cool to see how they approach it especially now in 2021 because rose of versailles is definitely a classic it's funny because i think i was at a, a japanese marketplace and they had the rose of versailles face masks like the ones that you you do for your yeah. pampering <laughs> um i was just like what the heck it was just so random and i'm like i'm this is, this is the rose of versailles like they're still making merchandise for this like holy shoot that's fascinating, huh? If you also just want like a closer example of the genre as well, if you really liked um, Revy Starlight, you'd probably oh yes, thank you. Really like this. Like the only difference is like this one is more likely going to be one hundred percent grounded in the reality instead of it being a metaphor for the acting company. Oh yes, no giraffes. I'm afraid. No, no giraffes. Gi- unfortunately, <laughs> no giraffes. But this is still like something to really look out for. I think it's gonna be interesting. If Medi was here, he would be shilling for Revy Starlight. So and James as well too. They will both be making their stance clear about the show. But I'm pretty I'm excited let's see how this goes I'm very excited for this one that's awesome but speaking of strong female protagonists or strong female leads favorite sequel coming back my next life as a villainous all routes lead to doom x I believe it's what it's called or Mm -hmm. is it is it a Greek (laughs) is it the Greek for x or is it just literally x I don't know that's honestly a good question and I don't have an answer for that let me see x is chi which means Christ? So, uh, I 
not quite sure. I, I think of X as in just like she still thinks her life is doomed. Maybe, <laughs> truly. So like an X I think, for I it. think the X is supposed to be silent, like Hunter Hunter. Oh, <laughs> God dang it. Wait, then why would they add it at the end? Oh, no, that's a joke. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little too deadpan. It's okay. I mean, thanks to Annie. I also take things too seriously. So. <laughs> of course. And thanks to Annie Twitter, Hunter Hunter, the, the title has been popping way more and how you pronounce it. So it's still relevant in some ways. But yeah, we are leaving off of season one, which left an incredible impression on the entire anime community. Even so, like, a huge amount on anime churning because Katarina dominated our couple in ship poles to the point that it was, like, at this point... Not, like, not in the way of, like, one particular right. couple, like Fruits Basket is doing right now. It's more like just a face of Katarina yeah. <laughs> and her, like, and the people who are chasing after her on our charts. So. The charts was literally a metaphor for the anime because everyone wanted to be with her. <laughs> But yeah, I'm 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 excited for that the most. But also, it's a really fun show. Um, I think Gracie convinced me to watch this. I know we were both watching it on and off, and I fell off the simulcast wagon, and I caught up towards the end of the season. But yeah, this was a really fun show. Where for those who are not familiar, Katarina, it's it's it is an isekai more or less, but she gets reincarnated or reborn into this fantasy world, which she then realizes is. The Otome game that she used to play, and you can go through different routes, and she understands that she's in different endings. And she realized that she's now the villain in the Otome game that she played, where she realized that she needs to avoid her doom, because at the end of the day, she might just be either exiled or killed. So now she has to navigate this route, and I'm trying to remember, because I did get a little bit spoilered. I'm not sure if it happened in season one, but we are... She is starting to realize that certain things are not how they used to be, but... Correct me if I'm wrong, Gracie. I don't remember season one. Oh, no, no, no. So the end of the first season basically ended where, like, it she has reached past the point of okay, the game. Okay, thank you. So she's like, from here on out, I genuinely don't know what's going to happen anymore because, like, of because the materials of the game, I have lived through it. Right, thank so. you. It's been a while. Oh, my God. That came out, was that last year or two years ago? That was that last, last year. year? Was, oh, my uh, God. competing. Yeah, I was competing on our anime journey. Oh my god. Look, time, lockdown really messed up my, my time. I thought it was two years ago. Holy shoot. Yeah, it was like, that was that was literally almost a year ago. Over a year ago. Holy shoot. Wow. Welcome to Anime Trending. We where I'm confused about time as well as different anime synopsis now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think my uh, my biggest fear for this particular anime is I think Katarina's obliviousness worked really well for the first mm-hmm. season because trying to think about it in her shoes, like if if I really believed I know exactly how this world operates and how every character should act, I can see myself being blind to how things have changed because I'm like, I know everything. I know what's going to happen in the future and all that stuff. And so she has reached the point where she no longer knows anymore about what's going to happen in the future. So I think if her obliviousness act continues to like the same degree as it had in the first season, it might lose some of my enjoyment, essentially, Mm. because I I will think the joke has been milked a little too long compared to the first one. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you make a good point now that you brought that up where she knew the route i mean she played the game that's why she 
Right. So so the fact that she like thinks she knows everything can I mean, I think we can all agree that when we really think we know everything, like we will be blind to like the smaller stuff, you right. know. But in this case, now that she's reached the part where she knows she doesn't know anymore, I feel like if she still remains the same obliviousness, it just won't work as mm-hmm. well per se. So that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I would definitely be. I can see. I I would agree with that too. I didn't think about that. Where in the past you could kind of get a pat. You can brush it off as her just being. Well, that's what we call her bakar. You know, for a reason. We get it. You know, because right. she's so. I guess it really is a case of tunnel vision. She focuses and hones in on that. Yes. Yes. And, but now <laughs> she's already completed the game, so we'll see. That's oh hmm. We'll see how she does. I, this will be interesting. I feel like. This now becomes less of an isekai show, now trying to survive into more of a fantasy romance show. So we will see. Yeah, probably, yeah. I am excited for the uh, characters. Uh, I uh, there are new from characters. From my understanding, yeah. From my understanding, the new characters actually aren't all necessarily part of her bisexual horror. So that <laughs> makes it a little more interesting as well. So yeah, mm, that's. True. I have high hopes. Yeah. I have high hopes, but I'm just saying as, like, someone who critiques and reviews anime, I'm like, you guys are walking on a thin line with the Bakarina part, and if you guys are going to keep her as Bakarina, play it up a little differently, you know? Keep me interested, so... And we'll find out. Kino, we have not read the light novel, so we don't know what direction it is, but fingers crossed uh, this anime becomes as entertaining as season one, because I honestly want to see a rematch of that couple of shit battle, because, man, that was... That was fun. That was fun? really fun. Fun? <laughs> yeah. But moving on to more fun things, uh, the anime I actually spoiled, Sunny Boy, I think this is the first, well, first, not first, but this is an original anime from Madhouse in a very long time. I think the last thing Madhouse worked on was Chiharafuru Season 3, if I recall. I have to double check that, but... I think so, and that wasn't an original either. That Mm -hmm. was an adaptation. That was an adaptation, and... I'm trying to remember of any original shows that Madhouse has done a while. The, the one, the most recent one comes to mind is Death Parade, which is maybe, like six yeah, years ago. Like maybe Death Parade. Oh gosh, that was so long ago. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's why I'm really excited for it, uh, because Death Parade was really awesome, and I really enjoyed that show, and it's how it's approached into. Uh, something that we don't normally see. But yeah, I believe this one's an original. Yes, it is an original. Um, this one is the sci-fi drama that focuses around 36 boys and girls, not Aquatope. But that's all we kind of know, more or less. They get transported into some dimension and they have some superpowers and that's about it. I have not watched the, tr- the newest trailer yet. This one's coming out a bit later too. I believe it's coming out July 16th. So it's a little later in the pack. A lot of anime coming mm-hmm. out early July. But other than that, I don't have that much other than it, any it's other very thoughts. vague. Yeah, like the, the yeah. movie doesn't really show much with it. I, I think what's kind of funny that sticks out to me is like 36 characters are transported, but I only see like four listed characters and voice acting on like the right. kind of promotional materials. So, like, I, th- there's gonna probably be a dead kid quota. I don't know. That, that's like a guess. <laughs> But Nick, you just want dead kids, okay? Admit to it. I, I, there's nothing to admit. I think that's totally true. <laughs> uh, 
this is this is for anime purposes, not for real life. Just let you guys know, it's for anime purposes. That's all. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. because we. Thank what you. was the show? What was the show we watched um, in college? That, that it do- was Promised Neverland when Nick was like, "I want dead kids." No, yeah, seriously. The the warning sign for season two, Promised Neverland, was that there was like zero dead kids. That was your first <laughs> warning sign that something was wrong, and I'm gonna stick oh, to it. <laughs> um, no, it was. It was the an- uh, the other anime, Bokurano, that we watch. Bokurano was great. They kill a kid like every arc. <laughs> like it's like it's... I'm not. I'm not even gonna comment. <laughs> that, that is like a that's an old tangent show, but like it's it's an oldie but a goldie. It's an oldie but goldie. I Imagine like you get selected to pilot a giant robot, and then at the end of saving the day, you're rewarded with death. That's that's yeah. kind of the main premise for Bokurano, and it, mm. it it's pretty horrifying. That was my first experience of Nick being like, yes, I want dead kids. <laughs> that was that show, and then The Promised Neverland. And I'm like, very good. So we know what kind of anime Nick will watch. So Sunny Boy is potentially one that's going to dive into that. I think what caught our eye, too, with this show was the art style. Mm-hmm. It was very yes. different, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That was the reason why it caught my eye. I have to be honest, I'm actually not the biggest fan of survival sort of stories. I it, it just it just naturally doesn't click with me as well. And so I think I think the stress of like basically watching kids die, <laughs> as Nick says, is a little too much for me and doesn't make me as enjoying enjoy it as much. And so that type of synopsis usually actually makes me skip it just because I know I don't Mm -hmm. naturally click with it. But Mm -hmm. the PV with the animations and the art style just caught my eyes so much because it was so clean, you know, and like, and like, Mm, it was clean in a simplistic but artistic way that I just couldn't ignore it. So I am definitely watching it and I'm really curious to see how it goes because um because it because art style absolutely just pops out and it's hard for me to ignore it once I've seen the art style. So yeah. I think what's so funny looking at like the staff credits for this show is like the director himself, um Shingo Natsume, because there are two key shows that tell me the show could go in like two completely different directions. Okay. <laughs> the first one was the 2019 uh, Boogie Pop adaptation. Ah, which, if that's okay. the case, ah, expect yeah. a lot of dead kids and darkness and horror. And then there's Aka 13, which is a political drama that you expect to like break out in a crazy high stakes thriller that actually turned out to be about food so it was a food show (laughs) that i was kind of expecting to be an insane political thriller but also was kind of charming in its own right i I could see Mm -hmm. like the visual Mm -hmm. differences in from like akka or even like going through his credits like he's got one from like a couple storyboard animations for a tatami galaxy which always is like i love that show from the oh, animation from there. See, yeah. um there's a lot of good credits on the show so like I, I i even if they don't like go into like crazy thriller status like i think that just from the credibility of the people working on it I, i'll just go into it not knowing what to expect and just we'll see we'll see how it goes like i expect if this if this show takes off you're gonna see it take off by like the third week so like probably first week of august is when we're all going to be talking about it if it's really good if it does yeah and i look at the credits too he's not only the director but he is the original creator and also in charge of the script so he's he's fulfilled all three rows excuse me all three roles which is 
pretty substantial when it comes to the direction of the anime. Like at this point, it's his show more or less. Um, so I believe it's also director Space Dandy. Have to double check. Yeah, he did Space There's Dandy. There's a lot too. of directors mm-hmm. for Space Dandy, so like I, I would take that one kind of like as oh a, yeah. There's a lot of guest directors depending yeah. on the thing. Show, he did episode but... one and thirteen. It looks like. Oh, I love episode one. The one where everyone died. <laughs> oh my gosh! And apparently, okay, so on this list, I see animation director of a couple episodes of Bokurano. So, like, there's a couple things. <laughs> oh that my! Are, are, are you cool. sure? Like, I it says it here. I think that the list. I don't. The credits, I don't see him working on Bokurano. Bokurano, or, yeah, it's right really? on the the Mal. If you look up the Mal list, what I'm looking at Ann's encyclopedia. Hold on, I see it on Bokurano. Like, this could be as as, as reliable oh, as Wikipedia. I don't know. Animation director doesn't what have necessarily the say in like killing off the characters. He just had to animate it. <laughs> True. You really move past the idea of characters I... dying. Like <laughs> you are stressing me out with the stock. I'm gonna look like such a clown if it's like such a wholesome show, and I'll be here for it though. <laughs> It'll be on the right. That's the danger, but the fun part too. We get to make predictions for original animes, and then when we're right, we look like gods, and when we're wrong, we look like complete idiots. So it's all good. But moving on, <laughs> away from boys and girls, we'll see how Sunny Boy does. Um, this one's a really funny one. This is kids, but in a different way. Uh, the next show we're talking about is Life Lessons with Uramichi Onisan. Oh, I'm so excited for that. <laughs> this one I'm excited for because we just had The Way of the House Husband, which is kind of that goofy different take comedy show but it's like yakuza but this one it's a tv host who's tired of kids and just being like adulthood sucks but he has to keep this happy tone in front of the tv for all the kids being like yay life is good i love you kids and i saw some manga pants for this and which, which caught my attention and that's what's caught but that's why i'm watching this show i have not read the manga but i've seen a lot of the panels for it and i'm very excited for this one yeah, no, I'm also extraordinarily excited for this. I, um, My roommate is a huge fan of this manga, and at this point, she, her her tastes and stories are incredibly refined. She's like those food tasters who go to like high-end restaurants and like are very particular about the way the food is set and the way the food is delivered oh, and stuff like that. That's like her with stories and so when she really likes something i'm like okay i'm going to like it because (laughs) my uh my criteria is uh my expectation i'm a little more forgiving than her in regards to like plot and characters etc and so um so she really really loves it and she feels like it's extraordinarily relatable as a working Mm. adult and so um, and so I just, I can't wait for it. Yeah. That's what I'm <laughs> and looking for. Uh, and, and it's Hiroshi Kamiya, who's voicing the main character. So win-win oh, beautiful. right there. One thing that kind of sticks out to me is just kind of like, if I'm watching this, I honestly want to watch it to kind of get a glimpse into what happened to uh, Steve from Blue's Clues. Because I feel like that's kind <laughs> oh, of like that, yes! that yes! cross of adult <laughs> darkness. Because apparently he ended yep. up leaving the show went because he was starting to bald and then he ended up joining like an adult band so part of me is almost like just self-inserting steve from blues Blues (laughs) onto the main character and i think that'll be kind of funny no that's no no it's really accurate there's like watch the pv and also hiroshi kamiya will have to do some major voice acting for this because he has to be because just like blues clues you know he has to be bright and happy (laughs) and chirpy with the kids and then you see him like go into the locker room and he's just like 
<sighs> it's like his voice goes completely deep and nihilistic and stuff. So yeah, it, it, it's I think a self insert is a perfect example for that for the Blue's Clues situations. So. Yeah, I'm all here for it. This is gonna be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to all the screenshots that we get to share of just relatable moments. Oh, you know I will be on top of that. Trust Thank me. Thank you. I look forward to that. It's funny because our audience is a mix of young adults, those who are both in school and university, but also we have a good amount of people who are now in the workforce as well because we've been doing anime training for quite a while. So some of them have entered the workforce like ourselves. So to see relatable moments of like, ah, this, this, this moment. Mm, yes. <laughs> that's what I'm looking forward to, just those ah moments that's going to happen. And with that show, uh, we'll move on to the next one, which I only found out recently because I think it was pretty new in terms of announcement. It is the case study of Vanitas, which gained notoriety because we found out that this is the same author as Pandora Hearts, which, yes. man, that was, <laughs> I think that was like around, uh, I'd have to double check when Pandora's Heart came out, the anime, but that anime was like within the anime, no, it came out, oh, the manga came out in 2005. Anime came out in 2009, so... No, this was after. Sorry, I I joined. I did. I started following anime more closely around early 2010. So this was before I caught on. But this was a show that was highly recommended at the time, and I watched. And I was like, wow, this is this is incredible. I did not expect that. So to see this author come back and now do something that's focused on 19th century France, which deals with humans and vampires. She Super likes excited. European styles, European Gothic styles. Thank don't you. Forget, yeah. Pa- Pandora Hearts was also European Gothic style as well. Thank you for the term. I I was the the, the name the, the the name for that kind of style was left my head. It was like I know it's in Paris and something, but oh, what's the term? But yes, Gothic's uh, European Gothic style. Really excited for that. On top of that, Studio Bones, Animation Studio Bones, is in charge of the production for this. So I know the animation is going to be pretty top notch, which is awesome. And it's funny, too, because all the PVs have been nothing but environments. Like, we've only seen the world, and that's it. We haven't seen many characters. We haven't seen any voice acting as well, too. It's just the world. There are voice acting, but they're very small snippets. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not a big amount. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm... That's what's my um, interest, because there's a, usually a deliberate choice when they do the PVs. Sometimes it's just production issues. They run out of time. But at the same time, all the PVs so far have been mainly the environment, and it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I'm... If anything, this show, I'm looking forward to just the awesome background art. Yeah. Oh, I mean, without a doubt, Pandora Hearts... So, when I watched Pandora, this was, like, right near the beginning of my anime hiatus, because this came out in freshman year before things went downhill for me. <laughs> and so, um, but essentially, uh, what happened is I watched the Pandora Hearts anime, and I didn't feel very satisfied where the anime left off. And so, I ended up going to the manga, and the manga just blew me away. And so the minute I heard that this was by the Pandora Hearts author, I was just like, I'm sold. Like, without (laughs) question, I am sold. And I love the art. I loved all her characters. And so um, I'm just super excited for this. Once I'm bringing up my roommate so many times today, but my roommate actually made a point where she was like, did you notice that vampires are coming back? And I'm just like, huh, they kind of are like an anime we have like another vamp. We have like two vampire anime coming out next season as well, and so I I find it kind of interesting how it's sort of like going full circle again because Pandora Hearts was at the height of the paranormal romance era, and then now we're like vampires are coming back again. 
but it's really exciting and I I just can't wait to see what the story has in store and you know Bones has always done a really good job of focusing on their anime projects doing the best they can for the anime production schedules to be as best as possible so I I just hope for the best for this. <laughs> oh, definitely. I know it's definitely quite rough for them too. I know SK Infinity definitely was really rough in terms of production. If you read the Sakuga blog, they, and it was Bones rough. And Bones is very careful about Skate too. Like, yeah, the Sakuga blog, blog did, did a really good job breaking it down. Mm-hmm. But essentially, I think the Skate situation, um, Skate situation, I think was sort of compounded by some other circumstances that could not be avoided per se. But yeah, I think Bones, the Sakuga blog did specifically point out that Bones is usually very careful to make sure that these sort of things don't happen. Mm-hmm. So um, so I, I have, you know, I have a lot of hope and faith in the fact that this is a situation where they are able to get what they had envisioned in regards to the schedule. And this probably might be like my top anime, but we'll have to see. So yeah. <laughs> It's a little premature to say too, but given that they've already announced it will be two cores, that's my assumption and hope that the production Mm. realized they could only handle 12 episodes right now and need more time for the next 12. Again, it it is a little premature to say, assuming they got, you know, they recognize in terms of production schedule and have recognized the need to pace themselves. But again, there's a lot of external factors when it comes to making anime that... You can't just assume, oh, it's two core, it must mean something. Sometimes it was decided beforehand in terms of production committee. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, at least if season one, part one does well, we'll get more of that. That's already scheduled. And it's funny you mentioned about other vampire shows too, because Mars Red came out already in, in April. And I don't, yep. I think this is the only one that's coming out in terms of vampire is coming out this season. But we also have that, um, I think, vampire astronaut anime that I need to look up. That's also coming out. Oh, yeah, this year. that one's coming out. <laughs> and we have two... We have two next season. One of them is a comedy. It's like a vampire hunter and a vampire who like um, who actually sucks at being a monster. So that one's hey. a gag comedy. Nice. And then um, and then we have the other one that uh, Visual Prison. Yes, where Visual there's Prison. Also mm-hmm. vampire. Yeah, there's also vampires there. So you know, my roommate was like, "I think vampires are coming back." And at first, I brushed her off. I was like, "No, vampires aren't coming back." And then I looked at it. And I was like, "No, vampires are coming back." <laughs> so. And the, um, and the funny thing with Visual Prison, it's it was announced by one of the projects by Aniplex during Anime Japan. I believe we talked. I may have. Is it talked about it? I be, yeah, I've talked about it a couple of times. It's the same creator behind. Simple series, the Simple series, Simple Gear, Simple Gear. There you go, oh, Simple Gear series. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So he was the original creator, series creator, and also the music producer. So I believe Visual Prison will likely be music oriented. But again, we shall mm-hmm. see. It's A One Pictures managing the studio, and I believe the company that he works with, if not works closely with, Element. Excuse me, Elements Garden. There we go. Um, they're behind a lot of major music and stuff as well too. Um, I can't. Oh, I'm blanking out on some of the the composers that are involved. But I did. I believe Evan Call used to be part of that group. He did the music for Vine Evergarden. So it's a lot of really big people behind this organization. So very excited for that. And Nick also mentioned on the side too, um, the case of Anita's, case study of Anita's music is going to be by Yuki Kaijudo, who is mm, fantastic when it comes to making music in whatever environment. I believe she did Pandora Heart, if I'm not mistaken, let me double check. She did, oh, yes. right. I she think, did. yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for her, and she did the music for uh, The Case Files of Lord Elmoloy, which was also not quite European Gothic, but it was definitely British-esque mystery, because there's a lot of British elements because of the clock towers, which I believe they were set in London. So it had that 
European flair, but it was also a step back in terms of time. So she has like experience and she's again known for doing music for Sora Line and Fate Zero. So I'm very excited for music in case study of Anitas as well. But yeah, our final anime tonight will be The Detective is Already Dead. Uh, what a name. <laughs> this <I know>. one. <laughs> This one, I don't know too much about other than I plan to watch it, so I'm going to look at some stuff, but you two are also watching this as well, correct? I am, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll plan to watch it. At the very end of the season, probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this one's a light novel series, and that's why I know it's like it's fantasy, from what I recall, and who else? What else was, what, what else caught my eye with this? Didn't it win it's, a award? It's a mystery, but it's like a... It's a mystery, it's a romance, it's mm, a thank comedy you. as well, It has, right, like, Nick? yeah, like, looking at the tags, it has every tag that this could have conceivably been. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, Stuff it like, all yeah, in. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not sure, because it's a light novel, so I'm like, okay, there's some things that happen, but then... Are they are they just gonna do every element of this or... Let me just start even from the beginning, like, who is the detective and why are they dead? From the title itself, like what a what a start. I'm reading the Mal rewrite synopsis, and it's kind of all over the place. I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I'm I, trying to I've find a way read, to sum it up. Yeah, I've also read several synopsises, and I still don't have a really good understanding of what's going on, even as someone who's watched all the PVs. But what I will say is, I am intrigued by the title itself, which shows you how powerful a title can be. And the second thing that has stood out to me is quite a bit of our anime trending fans are quite excited for oh, this. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. um, the fact that it does have a sizable fandom that I just didn't know about was a little telling to me that likely the story is going to be interesting, if nothing else. And so um, and so that's why I'm basically on board with it for now. <laughs> that's what I love about the community as well. Sometimes we'll share key art or preview trailers of anime and they're just like oh that seems exciting and then i see a ton of people engaging me like oh my god i'm so excited because i read the blah 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 whatever and i'm like whoa like where did this come from i did not expect the reaction that's what caught the case study of vanitas for me originally and a little bit the same too with the detective is already dead but yen press in terms of synopsis i think this is worth sharing because we're having a little trouble describing it quote a full description when the story begins without its hero Kimizuka has always been a magnet for trouble and intrigue. For a long time, as you can remember, he's been stumbling across murder scenes and receiving mysterious attache cases to transport. A-T-T-A-C-H-E. Is that how you say it? Attache? So, yeah. When he meets Sietsa, Sietsa? A brilliant detective fighting a secret war against an organization of pseudo-humans. <laughs> he couldn't resist a call to become her assistant and join her on this epic journey across the world until a year ago, that is. Now he's returned to a life that is normal, tepid by comparison, knowing the adventure must be over. After all, the detective is already dead. Yeah, no okay, idea what this means. Press. I'm in danger is probably I don't know what, what the detective <laughs> is thinking right now. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know what this means, but Yan did a very good job with this description. So whoever wrote the copy for this, they deserve a raise. <laughs> the looks like volume one is now available. For, is it available now? No, it's coming out later this month. Oh, shoot. So I'm going to buy this probably. Mm-hmm. The PV is intriguing because it takes like the PV shot we get. They're in an airplane and then yes. there's almost like this mysterious shadow that's fighting. And so like I, I kind of like I have a guilty pleasure for some like airplane fights just because it's kind of like feels a little bit more high stakes than usual. Uh, 
not the PV I'm oh, expecting yeah. from like the name or the tags is like a mystery show, but I'm like, I don't know where this is going to go. Like really every time I'm like trying to look at this, I get more confused as to what I'm going to expect that even if this ends up being a hot mess, like I think it'd be kind of fun. Just to see how it goes. And that's why we have this anime last two, because we saw this and I'm like, it's interesting. Let's go with it and see how it goes. And by the way, as listeners, correct us if we are wrong, if there's something really exciting, like we've noted, based on what we discussed tonight, like we mentioned, each title has caught our eyes based on whether it's based on the manga or the sequel, or you guys who brought us being like, hey, we're really excited for this. Um, Yeah, do let us know what you think about this show, and if you have high expectations. I believe our anticipation poll should be starting soon for the summer 2021 anime season, so stay tuned to that. I believe once the spring 2021 anime season uh, charts comes to a wrap, we will have the anticipation poll. Now again, I did to see what you guys think is your top 10 most anticipated anime for the summer 2021 anime season. Very excited to see what you all vote because I know it always changes in the season. So people who are excited for certain shows, they'll be in the top 10 and stay in the top 10. Some will just fall off and you're like, whoa, where did they go? So I'm very excited to see what you all think as well. And then perhaps when we are ready, we will do the summer 2021 first impressions where we watch the first couple of episodes and then share some of our insights as well. Stay tuned to that podcast. That'll definitely be a little bit of time, I believe sometime in July, once we get the chance to watch the animes. And stay tuned because I know we're trying to do some watch-along things, so follow our Twitter or Discord. Uh, We'll have some fun times and discussion as well. Any closing remarks, Gracie, Nick? Uh, I'm just relieved that I don't have 21 animes to watch this season. Um, I've gone from 21 to 11, and I will take it, so. Only 11? Wow, that's quite a the cut in terms of the seasonal anime that you're watching. I think, um, I mean, overall, okay, first of all, there's just less anime airing. Yeah, next there season, is less, so, yeah. so that is without question going to affect it. And then I think, um, at least for me personally, now that I've, like, watched so many anime, I have a good feel about which ones to be on the lookout for. And for me, like, these 11 ones are ones I should look out for, plus one more that's just not my thing, which is Remain, uh, the water polo anime. But once again, I, I don't do well with sports anime, so I know it's in the back of my head. It's just not on my watch list. I think, yeah, this the next season is calmer, and I'm actually quite appreciative of it because I can't take having my heart, like, angsty by 86 <laughs> on a Saturday and then crying on Monday because of Fruits Basket. Like, that's just too much for me. So <laughs> I am eager for the break. <laughs> that's a roller coaster. Before, before you give your final comments, that's funny. I forgot to mention Remain. I'm mainly following it only because it's water polo, and I like water sports. Mm. But Mappa did a weird job with um, Taisho Samurai, which I mentioned. I want to say I mentioned in a Twitter space, but I don't remember. So Taisho Samurai was a little bit weird. The one redeeming thing that's definitely... Oh, sorry. I don't say it was redeeming yet, but one of the keynotes with uh, Remain, I believe the Tiger Bunny director is involved. Or the director is had experience working with Tiger Bunny. So at least story-wise, it should be exciting, but we shall see. Let me double check. Masafumi-san, Nishida Masafumi. Yes, he did the script for Tiger and Bunny and series composition. So hopefully the story is good. Uh, so the for those who are not uh, familiar, it follows a boy named Minato who quit water polo because he got into some incident after they win like a major tournament on the third year of his junior high. After he wakes up, he forgets everything that happened in his third year and his love for water, uh, water polo. 
But then as he entered high school, he rejoins the team because um, his friends kind of like put him being like, you had a promise or something like that. So it has a premise to have potential, like we've seen with a lot of anime, but I hope it doesn't get too caught up on that promise. Like, oh, you promised me this, you promised me that. And it drives the story in this weird direction because he essentially experienced amnesia due to Tacoma. But hey, I guess it could look pretty, and I hope the, the staff at Mop are doing okay, because this is a lot of shows coming out of them this year. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I, like, funnily enough, um, like, I, I know I said my last comments already, but I do just want to add this one small thing. Um, it's actually the recent, uh, the recent announcement with Netflix and Clamp and Wit Studio working oh, on yeah. Grimm stories. I am so beyond excited for that because I I love grim fairy tales. I have encyclopedias of grim Ooh. fairy tales, and so I I I grew up obviously knowing the Disney fairy tales, and then going to the books and finding the originals. And there's just some fascinating stories. And so knowing that Clamp and Wit Studio are working together on a grim fairy tale anime has just it's like, I don't even know when it's going to come out. It's probably going to be years, but I'm just so excited for it. So yeah, that's it. That's my little spiel. <laughs> no worries. Um, Maybe two years. We shall see. And stay tuned because we've been fortunate to do a lot of fun stuff with Netflix. So I'm excited to talk about that show when we get the chance. But either way, Nick, uh, final comments for the summer 2021. Yeah, two things. Um, I we didn't get the chance to talk about Miss Kobayashi's uh, Maid Dragon uh, second season. I'm actually oh my god, I'm I missed that for it. Um, mostly, I think it's a really important show. I think for the rest of the industry, mm. I think seeing them come yeah. back, I think is something that I'm gonna I, I'm gonna laugh at the new season, and it's also gonna mean a lot. I think um, thinking back on the talent from yeah. Kyoto. Um, Mm -hmm, I, I yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing this one. Um, the other one, on the less serious note, uh, Yamashi by nine, which I can't believe. <laughs> if if you know, you know. Uh, basically, I can't believe they've made nine seasons of Yamashi by. And if James was here, we could totally have a whole thing where we talk about just the very niche. Oh, you guys genre can. of horror shorts that are somehow hilarious that. It's over. This is going to be number one. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, thank you for mentioning Miss Confession's Major. I don't know why I keep forgetting about it. I plan on watching it too with some friends as well. This one's definitely really special for us too. Obviously, unfortunate incidents that happened to Kyoto Animation a couple years. The director, the director for season one, unfortunately passed away, and our hearts are still out with Kyoto Animation. What I think touches the most is we interviewed Tatsuya Ishihara a couple weeks beforehand, and this interview is actually available um, when he talked about Soundiphonium because he's the director for that. He's now taking that place and now is, a, is one of the co-directors, I believe, for this series. So I'm really, really excited to see how things go for that. So I don't know if it's co-director, but I think, yeah, he's, he's at least listed as the director. So very, very touching. Um, but also, as with anime and these creators, you know, you got to keep with the, us watching it and enjoying it that's you know that's one i think the greatest treats for them to see that their awesome work gets enjoyed so very excited for kobayashi's made dragon season two um i know that the second half of season one left a lot of people going what the heck is going on um and if you haven't seen it i'll leave you at that you got some time to watch every single episode before it comes out and without further ado, that's all. Thank you so much for joining our little special episode where we dive into the summer 2021 anime season before it airs. We shared our anticipations. Looking forward to seeing what you guys think, as well as stay tuned to our summer 2021 first impressions. 
where we get to finally watch these animes and see whether or not our predictions are correct, or if Sunny Boy takes his weird turn. <laughs> Without further ado, I am your host, Quok, alongside with... This is Gracie. And this is Nico. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Bye. Thank bye. you. Bye. The main man. And there's a helicopter over my house. I have the window open. Oh, God. Sorry. Um, Please, editor, fix this out later. It is. Wrong, boss. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He is here. That's true. Nick is going to help out. I have to probably edit (laughs) (laughs) Nick is helping us out. Um, (laughs) Honestly, you could keep it in if you want, if it didn't pick up. But, anyways. There's a reason why I'm being a lot more laid back with some of our podcasts too. We've been doing Twitter spaces, like I mentioned in our previous podcast. So that's that is my experience.